0: Hello there, I'm Ellen. I'm the pussycat half of P. Green Boat. In this podcast, I'll be talking about the real you, the person you've always dreamed of being. And I'll also be talking about all the things that get in the way of you being that person, that stop you being that person, and what we might be able to do to change that. I'll often be chatting with my fellow coach and longtime friend, Fiona Dove. Fiona is the other half of Pea Green Boat, and with lots of other fascinating people from all over the world that we've both been fortunate to meet. So join me here for our weekly chats, full of laughter and ideas, ideas that can open doors for you. So grab yourself a coffee, hop on board Pea Green Boat, and we'll have a gentle sail down the river. Morning. It's a nice morning here, and it's good to be with you all. I've just been out sitting with my morning cuppa, my morning brew, <laughs> watching the young birds feed. The fledgings are just so cute and so unafraid of people. I had a baby blue tip on my finger while I sat very still. Feeling his tiny claws was just so delightful, and the way he looked at me, exploring what I was peering brightly at me from each eye. I loved it. And because I kept still, he stayed with me for nearly two whole minutes. What a fabulous Saturday morning treat. Well, hey, this is the beginning of my new podcast here at Pea Green Boat. So if you're all with me, let's set off for a wee morning sail down the Silvery River Seven. And see where we get to. I'd like to welcome you all to revision coaching and Pete Greenboat. Revision is about imagining dreaming up a new vision of your life and then making that vision real in the everyday world so you can live it. Okay so that all sounded amazing, about as intelligible as most coach speak jargon, or any other jargon for that matter. So, just what does it mean? What's the bottom line? What's the end game? Well, let's start off talking about visions. We all have them. And I don't necessarily mean the ones after too many pints of bitter, or the ones that come after any other sort of strange experience, nor am I actually talking about spiritual visions or anything like that. I'm not talking about visions in that way at all, because the sort of visions I am talking about are not woo-woo bullshit, not in any way. They're about what we would like to happen. Many... Perhaps most of us have been told, when we tell our visions to anybody, if we ever do, we've been told, get real, that'll never happen, get your head out of the clouds. And all that stuff. And all that stuff just puts you down, puts you in your place, makes you back away from your vision, from your dream. And you feel stupid, unworthy, ashamed even and afraid of being shunned and ostracised by those around you, friends and family included sometimes. You just feel generally dissed, and that's horrible. And who hasn't felt that sometimes? So you crawl back in your shell and pretend it all never happened, and you look your vision away like Harry Potter in the cupboard under the stairs, remember? And you do your best to be a good muggle, and not rock anybody's boat but your vision is still there buried deep inside you and it wants to come out a vision's like a dream and there's no wrong with them in fact if people didn't have them and didn't work and struggle to bring them to life we'd never invent useful things and that goes right back right back to all our ancestors from the first person who dreamed up how to make a flint axe and arrowhead. Having done it, I tell you, it's not a piece of cake. It's not easy. And many people end up with a large pile of rubble oh, beside them instead of anything useful to, as an axe, as an arrow, or anything like that. So it goes right from them for our Stone Age ancestors Right down to Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Einstein, all the rest of the famous people you can imagine, think of. And for me, the person who invented salted caramel ice cream. So there. Right now, your vision may be about how you'd like to see yourself. We all have these dream images of ourselves, and that's good. It's really important. It's something to be encouraged. We should be encouraging people to have the dreams and helping them to live up to them. That's how people live happily. That's when you're feeling successful, when you're being successful, and when you're fulfilling your own potential. But sometimes your vision might also be about how you actually see yourself right now, your current vision of your own reality. And that might be full of If only. All about lost opportunities, missed chances, wrong turnings and choices. And those sorts of self-vision are always depleting, always debilitating. They're like vampires. They suck the blood and the strength out of you. And they leave you frustrated and depressed. And you're still slogging along in the same old, same old, and not feeling you have anywhere to go you're in a rut, a 20 foot deep rut, and you're right at the bottom of it. That sort of feeling and thinking can really screw up all your relationships too, your work, your family, partner, children, friends, the whole jolly boiling. And just to make it worse, it disconnects you from the natural world around you. I mean, think about it. When you're in that state, down, feeling bad, Being put upon, feeling there's nowhere to go, that state. How often do you hear the birds sing? How often do you notice a flower? How often do you realise you're walking under a tree or smell the scent of roses? Life becomes drudgery, toil, a real grind, it's hell. And even making love can become a chore. That's bad. When you're disconnected from the natural world, you stop yourself being able to draw any support and comfort, delight and passion and peace from nature. And you cease to care about it. You see no reason to. It can even become one of the bad guys that you feel are suffocating you. What's the world doing giving me this sort of weather? Why isn't it warm? Why is it cold? Why is it raining? You know, why is everything not going right? And all that builds and builds and builds. And sometimes you rant and scream at it. What can I do? How the hell do I get out of here? And sometimes you try the escape on holiday route. (laughs) Then you spend the first two days in a coma, getting over not being at work. And the last three days, counting down the hours, minutes, seconds until you have to go back to hell. Other times, you might find the way to curl up in a tight, prickly ball like a hedgehog so nothing and no one can reach you. Most often, and probably most likely, you put a brave face on it, often for the sake of others. And you end up collapsed on the sofa in front of the TV watching inane rubbish just to turn your mind off. And that's often accompanied by a glass, or sometimes two, or more of wine. Not that there's anything wrong with wine, but it can get to be a nasty habit. And if all you're doing is using it to turn yourself off, then you're not even enjoying the wine. And that's life. <laughs> As my favourite robot, Marvin, from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, says, life. Don't speak to me about life. Brain the size of the planet and what they got me doing. Opening doors. (laughs) (laughs) I still love Hitchhiker, and I still listen to it regularly. It really lifts me up. Like so many of those stories, they're good metaphors for living, very good ones. And also about how not to live as well. Does all this ring any bells for you? Do you suffer in silence? Turn yourself off? Numb yourself into oblivion? And all the time, when anyone asks, how are you? You politely pin a smile on your mouth and say, I'm good, thanks. And you're lying in your teeth. Suffering in silence may have been a good adage for the Victorians, but, as my husband says, it's about as much use as an ashtray on a motorcycle. It's well time, well time and a half even, to stop. Suffering in silence does absolutely damn all for your body or your digestive system, or your blood pressure, your cholesterol, and all the rest of the bodily functions that keep you alive. And it does damn all for your emotional and mental well-being either. Just stop a minute and imagine living with any of those three people I pictured earlier, the ranter, the hedgehog, the couch potato, all of them numb, dead, emotionless, anesthetized even, unfeeling, insensitive, And unable to respond but that's exactly what you are doing you have to live with yourself there's no escape no way out of living with you and you know when you're down the pub quite likely you disparage all three of those types with your mates over a pint should the conversation turn that way and all the time inside The frustration and anger and helplessness gnaws and gnaws and gnaws away at your gut. You become inhuman, unhuman. Pain's an interesting thing. After a while of feeling it, we go numb. I know this from my own experience of 40 years of rheumatoid arthritis. My pain-noticing threshold is much higher than the average fit person. I put up with a lot of pain all the time. If you want a real extreme example of that, ask an Auschwitz survivor. It's part of how they managed to be still alive when the concentration camps were finally freed and opened. And they, poor souls, all still carry the emotional and mental wounds of that time. And this happens to all of us when we're suppressed, when we suppress ourselves, when we're suppressed by force of circumstance when we have to live in a particular way that doesn't suit us, doesn't fit with the real person we are inside. But doom and gloom over, there's a way out. There really is. When you're ready, when you're ready to move on and move out of the old way of life that's past its sell-by date, and when you're ready to change. But it does mean that you have to revision your life. Maybe dig that old vision out of the cupboard under the stairs. Look at it again, polish it up, and use it to help you create a new mental picture of who you are. And then you can learn how to bring that image to life and live it. It's hard to do all that without help. I've been there myself and I've been helping clients to do precisely that for 30 years now. When you're deep down in that pit, sometimes so deep down you don't even realise you're in the pit or how deep, that's when someone with a rope and a ladder up the top can be a lifesaver. One of my clients, who I really admire, is an ecologist. When I first met her, she worked in an ordinary-ish sort of job in the USA. Her mother was from the indigenous people of the Pacific Northwest Coast. And so she knew from her family, all the old beliefs and traditions and practices the significance of salmon and how significant they are both as a resource and as a spiritual symbol and how the two twine together. But in her ordinary work, she felt and was repressed from using non-scientific stuff to help the ecology that she was supposed to be helping. She worked with me, we worked together, And she found the part of herself that had got repressed and made friends with it again and brought it back into her life. And as she did this, she found herself reclaiming the power she'd unconsciously handed over to her bosses at work. She was now able to find ways of convincing them of the value of the old ways she knew, the old indigenous practices she knew. And her ideas worked. They made a big difference to the Pacific salmon and the ecology all around, right up into the trees and the mountains, not just in the sea, and with the salmon. Ripple effect. It all spread. And she was a different woman. She was confident, able to assert herself and put her ideas over without being aggressive, and being very able to help ordinary people understand the realities of, of ecology. She's also bouncy goes dancing a lot and has loads of fun and a very happy life with her partner. She re her life and she brought that vision to life and I am so so grateful she let me help her. It's an absolute privilege to help someone on that journey. Of course she couldn't manage it on her own. She needed a witness, a companion, someone to listen and offer ideas, empathy, kindness, understanding. And I was able to offer those. I'm really pleased about that. I also helped her dive deep into all the stuff buried inside that was well past its sell-by date and show her how to compost it and turn the old traumas into brand new growing medium, like you do in the garden. So she transformed her old emotional and mental baggage into the real good soil to build the new vision and version of herself. And she learned the joy of making mistakes successfully. That is so vital. She learned things that, as she said, she'd never even realised were there. And she would never have realised had she not made the cock-ups in the first place. The mistakes helped her the mistakes showed her things mistakes are good they're the best teachers and we just need to learn to stop beating ourselves up over them stop the anguish of guilt that can last for years and rot our souls and we can learn how to say damn i really screwed up there i'm so sorry how can i help to get things right that's useful the blame and shame stuff is not it's all frightful bullshit. The only thing it helps, the only thing the bullshit helps, the blame and shame stuff helps, is to make the people giving it to you really feel their power over you and to make you feel so terrified you deny ever doing anything wrong ever again. And perhaps even worse still, dump all the blame on somebody else. Really? Really? Well, it happens and I know why and I know how and I'm not blaming the people who do it. I'm blaming the people who put them down in the first place. But my client found as she rediscovered her real inner self and took back the power she'd accidentally lost that there's absolutely no need for any blame and shame. There's no need to put people down. This is what I help people do. This is about revision coaching, about what revision coaching is. It's helping people. Everyone knows deep inside who they really want to be. It may take some digging, but they do know it. And they know what they want to do. And they know deep inside what really makes their heart sing. But when you're stuck 20 feet down in that rut I mentioned earlier, it's very hard to see anything, even the strip of sky above you. I can offer you ropes and ladders, suggest ways of climbing out. It's really a quick journey. Most people have tons more emotional and mental baggage than they realize. And climbing out of a deep pit is incredibly hard work, even if you're a commander. And who of us is that? So the journey you make can feel a bit like the children's board game, snakes and ladders. You climb a ladder and then you manage almost accidentally, but is it a good mistake on purpose? You tread on a snake and whoosh, down you come, slide back down again. But now you've got the knowing in your bones that you can do it because you've done it before and that you can get back on a ladder and that you can climb it and that you can move forward and all the time I'm there to cheer you on, offer you suggestions so you miss the few of the snakes and know what to do when you actually fall down one. Getting hold of your vision in the first place requires work. I call it conjuring, conjuring up your vision. It's about expanding and deepening your powers of imagination. And I help you to build a mental picture, a concept of the real you, that can do all the stuff to make your new life. I use all sorts of techniques. I'm client-led and I have a pretty good toolbox of ways to help you, help you enable yourself, for that's what has to happen. You make your new future, you fulfill your potential and you do it all yourself, it's yours. You don't live my script. You write your own story and you bring it to life. Actually, being a best-selling author as I am is a great help to me to help you write your story. I've done it before, so I can show you good ways and the pitfalls and some sharp tips as well. If you feel this could be for you, give me a discovery call. Let's chat. Let's see if we're a fit. If what I have is what you want. Well, Thank you for joining our weekly sale on Pea Green Boat. Time to stop now. If you'd like to know more, you can meet me at www.lncentier.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn as well. So let's connect. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you so much to Wahoo Media who produced this podcast for me. See you next week. Bye for now.